think they can hear me clicking along. Getting into it. Like we definitely have to have multiple verses of this thing. This thing has to be a real song that takes five minutes. We needed to introduce the podcast and we needed to get credit for it. It's Still another <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, man? So I'm just gonna say this now. Yesterday yes. I got my third COVID vaccine shot. That's a lot. It's more shots than United had against Leicester this weekend. Oh, boom, boom, boom. See, that's why I need the soundboard. I really need for that exact moment. If we can, <laughs> if we can find a better podcasting platform, I bet you that they'd have a community soundboard for any admin. So, Jeff, if you can find anything better, I would encourage a commute to whatever that is. So successfully lobbed the ball into my court. How am I ever going to get this back across the net? Okay, Johnny, two shots. You're you're feeling all right. You'll you'll have the time. You'll have the time to find something. <laughs> I'll have the time someday. I mean, there there was that tweet that was tweeted a while back, and it said, um, "What did it say? Was he that? Oh, adulthood is just a." It's just a bunch of weeks in a row of going, this week's going to be crazy, but next week it's going to calm down. And I've never it read never something does. truer <laughs> until until last weekend when I read, do, do you want to read to the world the comment that was the best comment ever on the worst Manchester United game ever last weekend? Do I want to read it? I don't know what it is. Oh, you don't remember? All right. <laughs> this it, I remember you, that you were Jeff. <laughs> you shared it with me, so I thought you'd remember, but um, maybe it was just funnier to me than it was to you, but a Manchester United fan, after watching that display, trademark, said, <laughs> um, I'm going to go become the Joker now. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> I do now. I do now. It's like it's like a villain origin story is having to put up with that defense against Lester. <laughs> Ben McGuire is the first panel of a Batman comic. <laughs> is it I, Ben McGuire? That's not his name. McGuire, Harry McGuire, Henry. What is who, his name? Who knows? It's like Ben White plus <laughs> Harry McGuire equals eternal defensive disappointment. Um, right. Yeah. But, but but that's funny because I made my own Reddit punchy comment about the match, and it was like, oh, I didn't oh, see fuck, that on Reddit. I'm gonna, no, yeah, it didn't. It didn't blow up. It got twenty <laughs> it didn't go uploads. To, okay. But, I, I um, appreciate. Every dozen upvotes that I get, though, I will say that like every time I'm like, that's 20 people that laughed at my joke. I mean, I wish I believed that they were all real people. Um, fuck, I, I also wonder that. You know what I also missed? Do you remember the old Reddit where you would have the upvotes and the downvotes and you'd be able to see them both at once with the Reddit enhancement suite? And now they took that away. But I miss when I like I used to love when I had a really controversial comment where like 20 people liked it and 19 people hated it. That used to really now that does nothing for me because it says one. I thought oh, nobody saw it. And they do like this sort of like, I don't know if the right word is fuzzing or blurring where they don't want you to know exactly how many upvotes because that can be hmm. kind of gamed. So I think typically the upvotes are slowly tabulated even if they're happening IRL time. Yeah. I could have said in real time. Well, I mean, and you see that too, because like sometimes you'll go like right to the first page and you'll see something on the front page that has like 100 upvotes and you're like, 
it should take more than that for have, <laughs> to have everyone on the internet see your thing. Like, it's almost like you just discovered the bar for our entire industry, Jeff, that we work in. It's yeah. like a hundred upvotes worth of creativity is enough for for us for this particular <laughs> brand. Yeah, three figures, baby. I think the Reddit post was something like Solshar defends United approach or something like that, and I and I replied. <sighs> And I replied, that's the only thing they're defending today. And that was before the match. And oh, how I was too sadly true. correct. <laughs> too, too true. <laughs> um, do we want to tell anybody about uh, the episode in between this one and the last one? <laughs> um, I've kind of blocked it out, but I do think that we should share it with them. So I don't know. Do you remember? Do you have any highlights, lowlights? I mean, the main, we, it was mainly uh, a lowlight. It was mainly lowlights. We took on, because it was an international break, even though you had promised long ago to do an Austria-only episode during an international break. Where I played the accordion. You're a liar uh, and a callous. (laughs) And I don't have an accordion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, That'll get in the way. Um, But we we did U.S. men's national team, and then, of course, that... For, for the way this podcast goes, the jumping off point quickly became pay equity between the women's team and the men's team. Yes. We did and not discuss I, much on the field. We didn't, because uh, it wasn't <laughs> much worth discussing. Uh, Plus, I hadn't seen it. <laughs> and you're you're happier right now than I am, so it feels like you, you chose the right path. But the one thing, for all of you who heard it, which is none of you, because the, the what happened was... I believe there was a disconnect between Austrian internet and American internet. This happened. And when we went back to try and start up again, apparently the browser had been keeping all of Jeff's audio in the cache. And when we had to reconnect, that cache got erased. So we basically could have had a podcast where it's just me going, ha! Yeah, so... No... But we really should have yeah. done that. <laughs> no, like, people people could have made up their own conversations with you because you would have just had one perfect half of a conversation. Oh, you think it's like a new art project? Is like, let's find unlistened to podcasts and remix. Hmm. Um, make them even less listenable. Well, th- this one wasn't particularly not listenable because I think, Jeff, your approach was to, to have an open mind and to just be an active listener and, and just try and explore the topic. Whereas I kind of came into it with a preformed <laughs> opinion from the 30 to 40 articles I've written about it. But you've what I will written say, that many? Read. I'm sorry, dude. I'm oh, like, wow, okay. I feel like I have 103. Oh, wow. Fever. I mean, either way, I'm impressed, but written, that would have really been something. They're that all in my drafts. They're in my drafts. I've a whole forward. book that you'd written about this issue. <laughs> 40 things, 40 troubling <laughs> essays by Skylar on the soccer divide. And each one is a perfect five-paragraph essay. We're like, this affected the Major League Soccer politically, economically, and socially. I mean, it was, it was, yeah. I, I'm. This is already going to be one of our all-time great podcasts. Like you have, you say something, and I'm just like, he said Da-da. words. He said words. <laughs> um, so this is the podcast equivalent of Harry Maguire. So now I feel at home. Yeah. I feel like I definitely just dribbled past you and was as surprised as all the people who were dribbling past McGuire. Like, well, I can't believe that worked. That was easy. You're like uh, Kalechi Iannaccio, and you're like, (laughs) wait, am I messy? 
<laughs> yeah. Like, All if right. the Kelechi Iannachos get stuck together, does it count as one Kelechi Iannacho? <laughs> that, that was good. I don't that even know it. what that means. That was the dumbest joke I've ever said. No, that was a Saving Silverman reference that I got immediately, and it made yes. it pass my vaccine brain fog. Just because you reference something and say a name doesn't make it funny, though. I don't know why I said that. I don't know what it means. We're going to have to analyze it later. Test it. In the rest of this podcast, at one point, just say a random soccer name and see if I laugh. <laughs> Ronaldo Lonely People. I'm trying is to that... think what's his name. Like, uh, was it Jerome Mathieu? Jeremy Mathieu? He was one of those guys that was very good on FIFA for like five years and very good in real life for like one year. What about what about Christian Fox? Oh, the Desert Fuchs. The Leicester legend, Christian Fox. <laughs> I'm doing it I'm right not, next to the microphone. <laughs> I am not comfortable with your ASMR voice, but go on. Let me tell you about Leicester's. <laughs> I don't even know yeah, if it's picking that up. Take my headphones off and let you go. No, I heard it. I <laughs> you heard didn't it? want to. Yeah, unfortunately, I heard it. All right, Jeff, I'm really, really eating the microphone now. This podcast is just about to become... My deep Speaking voice. Speaking of changing the subject. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, how did Arsenal draw? I mean, how did Arsenal do? <laughs> that was such a weird game. Like, Arsenal was like, no, we should be winning this. Yes, we drew, but we really should have done better. Like, it was such a, like a roller coaster of emotions that only soccer can provide. The result was very Arsenal. The method it happened was very United. <laughs> it did. <laughs> It had that weird, like, like I mean, we were deep into Fergie time. Like, I, Arteta must be really working those refs, because we did not used to get that time under Wenger. He's like, I will complain about you later. I will say that I did not see it, but what that's about a bad the, What about the World Cup every seven minutes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, like, is there is there any better... Like tip of the spear than Arsene Wenger for the we needed to the World Cup all the time. And he's like, what this is really about is giving the players a break. I'm like, what? Well, the the max the mask uh, mandate is killing the children because it is keeping the disease away from them. So I think we should uh, well, uh, get rid of the mask. Yeah. I don't even know what this accent is. It's just not mine. This is like French Florida. Yeah. Oh, well, he is kind of French. He's like French, even if he's German, and he's German if, even if he's French. I think he's more French than German, but technically, you know his what I mean. Tastes, his tastes are very French. From like players. But his methodology is very German, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it feels like he was like a football altruist until they were like, but you could make a lot of money if you just say what we write. And he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, this is a lot of money. At Arsenal, that is like five left backs. <laughs> that is a transfer budget for me. I did not see it. Um, should we walk back in this conversation 30 seconds? I mean, for the so three I listeners, apologize? <laughs> for the three listeners, what are we talking about here? Because we just, that was like an inside joke theater there. Arsenal Crystal Palace. Arsenal was losing to Patrick Vieira's return to, was it, wait, was it a home match for Arsenal? It was. So Vieira's back at the MI rates. I was going to say, he, you say back like as if he played there. He didn't play there. He, he was only a high-berry player? I think so. 
Sorry, I don't know like the property. No, I was gonna say you clearly <laughs> did your research on my team, and I actually very much appreciate. Like, I mean, just in, you're, there were so many references in there. You get an A plus. I also watched your match, so I feel like I really tried. I watched your match too, and I texted you throughout <laughs> it. And luckily, my feed was slightly behind yours, so it didn't spoil anything. But Jeff, the good news is you got to watch my match and kind of be like, "Well, glad that's not me." And then the draw is like. Okay, I got hit by a car, but no broken bones. Like, that's kind of your... Say, yeah, it was like, oh, my friend got hit by a bus. Me, only a car. I just like, missed a bus. Yeah. Actually, I thought I was getting hit by a bus. Turned out to be a motorcycle. So it's like, ah. I mean, I do think so much of this game is just destiny. Like, when I watch that, I, I've, I've seen the highlights 10 times a day. And, like, I look at it and I just think... Unlike almost everyone else commenting on the game, including Thierry Henry, including, you know, every Arsenal person ever, they all said, we didn't deserve to win. We're, we were lucky that we got the draw. That's, I, that's like a surprisingly, like, moderate opinion for Arsenal fans. I don't mean, I don't mean right. to, to paint with a broad brush or paint broadly with that brush, but, like, Arsenal fan TV has done so, like, has made us all biased jurors with Arsenal. yes. yes. Yes, indeed, they have. Um, Did you watch the fan forum, by the way? If you have not, not it's, sure it's, it's a two-part video. It's it. There's a host who I can't remember who the host was. I think he's like a full-time like host. But then it was Carragher, Neville, and Skulls. So United leaning panel because Jamie Carragher like secretly wishes that he could, you know, he Shows wishes he could have grown up with us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. But they, they spoke to, I guess, elect, not elected representatives, but, like, selected representatives of, like, 10 different clubs' fan bases. And is one of the guys from Arsenal Fan TV and his other friend who, did, who represented Arsenal. And it's so funny. Every club's fans had, like, pretty, like, even the Newcastle fans were, like, regular, rec, I would say, ooh, sorry. They were <laughs> relatively tempered in their expectations their demands they admitted that like we're really excited because we just hated the former owner so much and this means we have a chance to win a couple of games like all we want to do is like win win a few matches like that's yeah all that we want and we don't think that's too much to ask for yes they do kind of have to turn a blind eye to like execution this is and, the point we're gonna stop talking about soccer aren't we we're gonna talk no, about newcastle no no, but like I mean, we're going to talk about Jeff, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, we do one of these every like week to three weeks, depending upon schedules. And every time we come back, it's like, oh man, Pele is trans species now. Like something new is going to come up where we're like, <laughs> we have a reason to discuss it. Of course, Pe- Pele has not uh, come out as anything other than an idiot uh, in the press ever. <laughs> but but so so that was going but but you i would recommend you watch this fan forum it's it's like two and a half to three hours total video of like okay, i'm out then but but you can it's, <laughs> you can watch kidding. it in pieces you can watch it in pieces but go like on. hearing directly from the fans and then asking these three like football luminaries to like react it's interesting if nothing else mm. and, it, and it's like part of like Fans having more of a say in the wake of Super League, which I don't know if you've noticed, uh, they just announced that they're trying a new approach for Super League. I think it was like Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus. They're like, what if we do a Super League? Dude, did I not call that in our first, like, you know, 
episode. Yeah, you're really smart. And I think someone should tell you that. Thank you. And that someone is probably going to be your wife or someone else that yeah, loves you. Probably not my podcast co-host. <laughs> probably not your, yeah, probably not your co-host, uh, Brother in Arms. But um, you, you called it because now this new Super League is, all right, so it's two divisions of Super League, essentially Champions League and Europa, like that same sort of uh, yeah. dividing line, 20 clubs in each. And all right, fine. There's no like founding member, like you're automatically in thing. But all the first comment is like, yeah, until 10 years from now when they say, now that everyone's in this thing that we own, that FIFA doesn't run, we've decided to make it exactly like that first one no one wanted. And good luck trying to start a Champions League again, because Champions League will die if this happens. So in a way, it's like I'm saying, fine. We'll never get to hear the Champions League theme song again. Do you realize how heartbreaking that will be? We'll have that beautiful piece of music. The Champions and we'll never I mean, be able to hear it again. I know a piece of music that could replace it, Jeff. I think that this would be a pretty solid. Like, imagine, like, it's like, it's got to be for the American audience. Come on, we need something that says, introduce yourself to the game of football. We need Meet the Sockers. Come on. I want, like, someone who is a basketball coach at UNC Chapel Hill to get this podcast. That is our goal. <laughs> Meet Roy Calhoun. <laughs> oh, All right, so so we didn't talk about how, like, so Arsenal, it was interesting because Arsenal was going to lose in the last few minutes, I believe. We're headed towards a right. loss. And I think... I mean, you've already fast-forwarded through the part where it was like, we scored early at home against the team we're supposed to beat. And it was like, oh, that's how soccer's supposed to go, I believe. Or it's, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, God, why are we up by one at home against the team we're supposed to beat? I need that to be a goal in the last four minutes or I don't want it at all. Yeah. yeah no, it's true. And even like in the last four minutes, you're like, God, how much stoppage time are they adding? But Which... but not only not only was that against the Arsenal narrative, but both goals were poacher finishes from like a deflected shot. I think one was a deflected shot and was one across. That's a good question. I mean, like Pepe's original thing, like I, I'm pretty sure it was a shot, but it was like, it's Pepe, so it was actually like a accidental good cross. I don't know. The thing is, like, and and you didn't give me enough time to put my foot in my mouth earlier, but I'm Sorry, ready to put my foot in my mouth now. now. <laughs> Arsenal should have fucking won that game. Like, I mean, if, look, and and this is the exact thing that people hate to hear. The ratings are about to go down when I say this, but like you look at the XG, Arsenal two and a half, Crystal Palace one. We finished two two. It's like they had a bit of a lucky game. We had seventeen shots, I think they had six, and it was like I actually felt like there were. A, I mean, there were. A, we didn't. We lacked the final ball for sure. Maybe the final two balls on a lot of them, but like we were. <laughs> is, that a, is that a joke? No, but, uh, I mean, kind of, but like, you know what I mean? Like there were, there were a lot of them where like literally we lacked not just like the final product, but like there was a point where you could have assisted someone and we screwed that up. But like, I actually felt like for the like, chances more so than the beginning of the year, I thought we were winning this game. We just didn't win it. You know what I mean? We didn't do it enough, but like, I actually felt like we were, we were better and we should have been. It's Crystal Palace at home. You're supposed it, to win that. Yeah, it's Zaha and friends. 
And Zaha was hurt. He wasn't oh, even was in he? the game. I, I don't know what, if he was hurt or what his deal was, but he was he was not afraid. in the game. He was afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, and actually, speaking of Zaha, I'm glad that you brought Zaha up because <laughs> I totally forgot that you guys bought Zaha until like this week. Well, the lesson we all learned is when you get bought by Manchester United, don't have a possibly fabricated sexual relationship with the head coach's daughter. Is that what happened? I don't. No one will know what happened except Wilfried Zaha. I haven't even heard this rumor. Good God! Google, Google David Moyes Zaha daughter. I could literally be googling anything right now. It's like whatever you say. But Jeff, I mean, just because I heard that twenty times doesn't make it true. But there was no. A lot of other people have googled it, and man, she is. She's a pretty. How old is she? Before I comment on how pretty she is, if Zaha's twenty-eight, I'm guessing she's at least mid-twenties. Actually, she's not that pretty. She's just like. She she know. was probably just close by when when he was training <laughs> in Manchester like, United. Oh goodness! It's like when you date someone at the office that you maybe would not have ever dated if you met on an app, but you're like, I've got to know you from just you being here, and you're not so bad, and I guess I could be with you forever. This is the thing that I will never fully be able to understand because, like, I was already married before there was a Tinder. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know this thing at all. Like for me, you only ever got to date the people you were around. Like you had to date with fate. And but you you can just date whoever you want. I wish that was true for all of us, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> in my world, uh, to date someone, I think typically they have to also be interested, which has been really the, mm. the, the wall I've been running into. I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. That was fans. a real problem for me back in the dating days, too. No. <laughs> well, I mean, let's not this could pivot towards let's go down memory lane and hear about how Jeff and his wife met. Which probably is not... I don't think so. I don't think that's this one. Jeff was playing for Hartlepool United. (laughs) His wife ran Hartlepool United. It was very much a Ted Lasso, Rebecca, and Sam (laughs) Obisanya story. How are we supposed to raise a family on my championship salary? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's generous. It might have been like League One or League Two at that time. (laughs) Um, but we're going to okay. win the championship and whatever that is. No. So d- just to put a pin in it, do you feel like Arsenal, even if it's like COVID rate decline, like 10% week by week, is it like in the right direction still? I I do. I think that we're okay. Like, obviously we should have won that game, but like, I don't feel drastically different than I did before. Not that I was sure that we were on the right track before, but I felt like there were a lot of good signs, right? Do you do you see or identify specific patterns of play that it's like this is the way Arsenal plays? They do this same play like seven times a match, and it normally yeah. results in a goal or two. You know, I used to see that more, and that was the thing that I was like so encouraged by against Crystal Palace. Is like there was really a lot of like there was a lot of very creative one touch passing in the final third, where it was like. We just weren't making those moves before. And I was watching and I was thinking like, we're actually playing against a team that's lining up pretty defensively and we're splitting them open. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's the one thing that's weird. I mean, that's just the, the strange paradox of soccer is like you play Crystal Palace at home. It's actually one of the hardest nuts to crack because they're going to sit back 10 men behind the ball. Whereas like if we had played them away, we might have, it might've even been an easier game in a sense. Well, our, so 
I mean, that's kind of how I've always interpreted it when Arsenal's been in poor form and we come to town and you beat us 2-0. It's because any team willing to attack you is going to be someone that you can probably pass through if your passing is good enough. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like that's so much of like I feel like that's why our like a lot of teams like to play against Arsenal is because like they are a good team, but they play in an attacking manner where like you will get to counter Arsenal five times. You know what I mean? And if you can put one or two of those to bed, that's that. Especially if the center back is our age or <laughs> has has been the case in recent years. Yeah. Um. But so you're feeling you think moderate optimism is that like where you're voting right now i still think we're on an upward trajectory i think i mean i don't know i mean we're in 12th place like there's a lot of work to be done like a lot but i think that i don't know i think that some of it is being done and it's hard to tell so this is so interesting when you if you were to listen to our first episode of this podcast you were like I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Like, kind of just right. sitting on the fence where I think you rightly were, where you rightly should be considering the past. And I was all like, man, top four, slam dunk, you know, got to be challenging for the title. Like, and now I'm just like... You were doing a lot of spin moves using your office chair. I remember that. Like, you were feeling pretty cocky. And the spin, however, since then, has been coming out of Oleg Gunnar Solskjaer's mouth. And oh. it's been... It's not been very- that good of spin. He's the one job that a manager has is talking to the press, and he's not that good at that job. He's good at talking to the players. He's good at making them I like get, him. I get that feeling. He's good at being like it. he's like a Norwegian Mr. Feeny from Boy Meets World. Um, like and you then he's like, he, well, you Mr. He has a big heart, like Mr. Feeny. Like people like come and they get advice from him and stuff. Like an enlarged heart that needs to be operated on. <laughs> But, Do you want to talk about your Mr. Feeney experience at all or no? No, I think it's a different Mr. Feeney podcast that I'm going to launch. Okay, um, we'll put, that, put, that, put a pin in that. <laughs> like a butterfly. Um, but so what we've been hearing a lot of during this last run of like, I think we've won two out of seven or two mm. out of eight. And a, four, four of those have been losses and one has been a draw. So I want to say two out of seven. Um but like for Manchester United, that's inex- that's an inexcusable like month, inexcusable. Yeah. And the the issue I have is not like oh he just needs more time. It's like this is year three and a half. Mm-hmm. Like Ole's Ole's been here for. I was like, gonna say like how pandemics. much time does he need? Like how many decades? And, and how many? Whoever you want as a player, like he's really it's not been denied reinforcements. What I will say is, and Jeff, I think you mentioned this in podcast one, Ronaldo, mm. I saw a stat that showed all of the Premier League attacking players that have played over such and such minutes and how, how much pressing are they doing. And Mason Greenwood, who I love and who is a great finisher and has like the most goals ever for a teenager. Like it's like he did have a fantastic goal over the weekend. It's It gets overshadowed by the fact that it didn't work out, but fantastic goal he's gonna be great he's gonna just be great and that's nice that's nice to put that in the bank but he was like the third or fourth lowest one on this list now i don't think in total but like of all of the 40 that were like measured he was like third or fourth lowest ronaldo had one third of the pressing of mason greenwood 
Like all the numbers were that like 30, about right 40. Me. I, I mean, I wish I knew what the unit of measurement was. It's like he did 30. I was going to say, that pressings. alone sounds like its own interesting topic. I would love to know how you measure like but, pressing. But if you're, I mean, I can send you, this looks like a YouTube video. Don't look at it now. But it's like effectively stating. Um, I'm going to look at it now. Don't look at it now, Jim. Um, okay. But but like if you're Ronaldo and you're such a winner, aren't you like thinking about like, well, let's look at the way United have played for the last two years, which has been like halfway between possession oriented and mm-hmm. like just being lethal on the counter. Like they started lethal but on the that counter. But isn't that assuming that he moved to Manchester United to win? But I don't think he needs money. I think he needs more money. Like, and I think that he, I think that he correctly felt that the gravy train in Italy was over. Italian gravy, man. Like, (laughs) I think he wanted to lock in a five-year gravy train, knowing that at best he had two years of gravy to sell. So he kind of, you know what I mean? And and maybe at worst he has even less gravy to sell than that. I feel like there's like a holding up. There's a Charles Dickens joke to be made in there. It's like Please, more sir. about gravy than a grave about him. But like, I think I got it backwards. It's more about gravy trains than no. I don't <sighs> know what it is. As Charles Dickens once said, "Runneth outeth the gravy train, go insane in the membrane." As Charles Dickens once said, "When making gravy, <laughs> when making gravy, purchase it." So. Uh, <laughs> So we could we could talk about the Super League thing. I mean, I feel like we kind of covered it. It's like it's like awful, and they're trying to make it seem. And Arsenal is going to get cut out of it. This all comes back to what I said on the first podcast, where I was trying to drop knowledge. But it's we are not going to be good enough to be in it the second time around, are we? I'm right We're going to be twelfth place in the Premier League. I'm 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 right with you. I I think the Champions League. As flawed as it is, it's fine. The thing is that the clubs are thinking, well, FIFA owns the Champions League. Yeah. Or UEFA, sorry, UEFA under FIFA owns the Champions League, but we could own this one. Right. And, and, and they want total control over it, but those parties are a conflict of interest if they run the competition well, they're trying to win. They constantly prove why they shouldn't be allowed to be in charge because, like, I mean, here's the thing. I in, in principle, I'd be fine with the clubs cutting out the middleman of UEFA. You know, like, it's not like I'm some big backer of FIFA or UEFA. Like, all these things are corrupt, terrible institutions. But here's the thing. When they abuse their power the way that they did last time, the way that they will do every time, it's like you realize why... Even the really corrupt you eat, like that's probably better than just letting the top six clubs in the world decide everything. You know what I mean? It's it's like running for office, and guess what? You get to set the rules for the election. And oh boy, howdy! It's just yeah. happened to shake out that everything worked your way. Like we've seen that here. Yeah, and we don't want it in our government. But I'd argue we also don't want it in like the one sport that so many of us worship. Like it's like get out of my get yeah. out of my face with that because. You know that they're, it's going to be fine for a few years until the news cycle moves on, and then they're going to be like, by the way. And then guess what? Any by the way they say at that point, nothing you can do about it. You can complain. You can protest. But when all the people doing it are like magnates and like old, rich, straight men who do not give a flying fuck about like the rest of the planet, there's, no, there's nothing separating some of the owners of these clubs from Jeff Bezos or frankly 
Trump. Like there's no, there's nothing separating them yeah. except where they are and like how the, how they are trying to ruin everything for their for their own personal gain. Yeah. No, I mean it, it really it really gets to it, it, this could be another big issue that we tackle on this podcast is like how many people should be able to be that rich? How many people should be able to be like an Abramovich or any of the MS filling a letters from the Saudi Arabian, you know, delegation? Like that is just like there's a level of rich where it's like like it's it's one thing to be Jeff Bezos and to own one of the most valuable businesses in the world. It's another thing to own a country. You know what I mean? Like like there are there are the, there are people that they, they have too much power. Imagine, if you will, that there's finite fresh water sources in this country. And imagine if you will, suspend disbelief, because I'm sure there are like Los Angeles or something. Why are you fixated on this now? I have the last one in my hands. And it's almost yeah, yeah. done. I possess but, all the seltzer water in the world. It's like it's like Dune, but less thought out. Um, <laughs> it's called Seltz. <laughs> and by the way, I got I got halfway through that movie before I was like, I can't watch three hours of anything. Um, but the old one or the new one? The new one, noon, noon, noon. But but imagine that there's finite fresh water sources in this country, and imagine, imagine that you were. Imagine that you were a real estate genius who was able to somehow buy all the land that had all the fresh water in it. And you said, well, it's not publicly available anymore. I own this water. It's mine. You can buy it from me. Sell it by the barrel. Yeah. I feel like the government would legislate that you can't do that. And if it pushed came to shove, they would send in the military to reclaim the land. Um, wrong. Have- I'm going to buy a bunch of the government. I'm going to start with Joe Manchin. I'm going to give everyone a bunch of money until we get to keep the money. Oh, yeah. Well, I bought two governments, so your move. <laughs> Three governments. <laughs> Those governments were UEFA and FIFA, so, <laughs> yeah. so nothing powerful governments in the world. Biden will just be like, uh, uh, FIFA said, uh, uh, my hands are tied. Should we draw a quick bridge to the thing that we were talking about before, where it's but you get the Ar- metaphor, so Arsene right? Wenger works now for FIFA, right? FIFA or UEFA? FIFA. I want to say UEFA. I feel like I'm just trying to save you from that one as well. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's I, like it's like Solchar's name. I'm like Jeff. I'll give you like a little gentle nudge. I believe it's FIFA that he works for. Um, it's no. FIFA from all the fiefdoms that it uh, owns. <laughs> no, but I think he does because he's trying to get more World Cups, not more Euros, right? Let's see. Arsene Wenger employer. Wait, Wenger. Hey, I think you, you can mispronounce things on this show as long as you're willing to get immediately corrected in the nicest way possible. Okay. I mispronounced three Thanks, or four Shula. things. Don't Thanks, Shula. Even dare. Thanks, Shula. Um, he is FIFA's chief of global football development. Mm, so That's an impressive but ambiguous business card. It's, hey, we want a name and a face that's been like a symbol yeah. of the game. Are you good at sitting at tables with rich people? <laughs> How do you feel about being token validity? Like, like just by being here, my argument wins? Because you invented football or nutrition as an idea? True. So what I was going to say about Wenger is like, he, he is that. I mean, he's clearly whitewashing this project. And the other thing that I would like to call now, and we can look back and recall just as fondly as we did the first episode, we can recall the time when I said, 
every good thing that Arsene Wenger says this is going to do, it's not going to do. Every single one. He claims that it's going to be this path to like every player getting 25 days off and all this, you know, there's going to be a set off season and there's going to be less qualifiers and all, you know, all these great things, right? He's incorrect. Like they are telling him that. I really think that he believes that. But at the end of the day, what is going to happen is they're going to say, we get to do the World Cup every two years from now on. We get twice as much money. And in return, you get fucking nothing. That's what's going to happen. Everyone knows this. Like, there's no, they're not going to change the whole international schedule just so you can make more money. Why would they do that? You know what I mean? But they send Arsene Wenger around, and he does. He has so much credibility and charisma. And obviously, (laughs) I look at the man like he is a religious figure to me. But he's he's wrong about this. You should not follow him into this two-year World Cup thing. That is not a good thing to do. Well, because then the the Euros will want every two years as well. It'll be the other two years. And though, oh, I guess they don't get that much of a break anymore. It looks like everybody gets their money except the players now. If you're a good player, you will never not play. Or what happens is it impacts the quality of the product in the leagues, in the club leagues. Like, how many players just from this past Euros tournament fucked up their team's first four yeah. matches, five matches. Well, and that's the <laughs> irony of it. Because that's the irony, because that's the thing that, that Wenger is using that exact same point in his arsenal to say, this is why we have to make a change. Because he's saying, you know, there's certain, like, if you're a South American player, like, you don't make it back for a lot of the games you're supposed to be at because there's, like, these certain timetables they have to follow and, like, they have to fly around the world. Like, they miss games. And so, you know what? That is really stupid. Like, if I'm a PSG fan, where the fuck is my Messi and Neymar, right? Like, it makes sense that they're wondering that. But I don't think that having another event for them to get to every two years is going to solve that. They're like, gonna call be, me naive. They're going to be more and more players under that workload that just break. They yeah. Go, they, they could have had full, healthy careers otherwise, but, like, playing 60 matches a year with no... Like, what are you getting two weeks off max three weeks? And then you've got to yeah. go back into double sessions to like get up to match fitness. It feels abusive. And I'm we're saying this about multimillionaires. This is, this is, this is a weird sort of squid game for multimillionaire scenario. Like, Oh God, Jeff, you just ruined all of sports for me. <laughs> but it is where it's like, I mean, nobody's saying that they have to do it. They could just go make 1 million over a, for a few season and then go home. But you're it's gonna, it's gonna eventually feel a lot like pitchers in baseball, where you're being asked to do something that will hurt you, and it's right. just a matter of, well, maybe we can only have them have two or three reconstructive surgeries, and that's yeah. a win. Like, who are we? Animals? Like, I kind of think we're becoming like really, money animals. Well, it, it, you know what we are is like we are animals that are capable of forecasting what we'll do wrong a little bit further than we can care. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, we know, like, all right, like before we used to just think you're allowed to throw things. You got arms, right? Like, look at Sandy Koufax. He threw things. And then now we know, actually, this is they were throwing right? 83. Instead well, like, of what yeah, when you gas it up to 103 every night as a closer for years on end, guess what? That's not great for your rotator cuff. And how you many will, batters? You know. How many batters were taking a lot of pitches in nineteen eleven? Not many. They were just swinging at shit. 
I was going to so, say, like, even up through, like, the 70s, like, that, I don't know. I, we're getting way too into baseball now, but I'm, I'm sorry. The 80s, if you count when I played. Ooh. You played in the 80s? Are you that much older than me? Oh, fuck, you're right. No, it's the 90s. Or early to mid-90s. <laughs> you idiot. Uh, I was like, 80s, I was born then. That's the time. Where are we now? Uh, <laughs> She's trying to get 10 years seniority <laughs> on me like that. Someone's listening to this podcast like, Scott is extra lucid today compared to how he normally is. <laughs> I understood one or two of his tangents. It was great. Uh, um, what's coming up? Is there anything cool coming ooh, up that's not a yes. catastrophe? There's supposedly a fantastic Arsene Wenger documentary coming out. Probably just in time to promote his FIFA World Cup every 10 minutes bid. <laughs> um, but... Have you have you seen the trailer for this or anything? You know what I'm about to break out. No, but I I know that it's coming out. I also know they're doing a Rooney one, which I I don't mm. I don't know. I don't want to like watch the documentary in advance through the trailer. I kind of know what happened already. Yeah, so I'm I like, was already watching this documentary <laughs> called Soccer. <laughs> it's a sock a sockumentary, which is going to be when we do them. Yes, dude. When we cover our <laughs> own, when we just get that navel gazy, oh, I can't. I cannot wait. Meet the Dockers is going to be our next podcast where it's just like, let's talk about documentaries we're thinking of making. That's a really good idea. Um, <laughs> but going back to my original... So, did you see the... So, someone that you both know and probably love isn't too far of a stretch. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson is in the Arsene Wenger documentary. And did you see what he had to say? I didn't, but I would imagine it's positive because while their rivalry was so bitter early on by the end right. it was just like we're just two old guys who like a lot of wine on work days i was gonna say like they did get to a point where they're like can't we just be mild alcoholics who are extremely <laughs> successful in peace like um but what he said and i feel like this is a stupid stupid argument that at one point we will need to have for this podcast but he said they asked him straight up, like, you know, how does Arsene Wenger's Invincibles accomplishment compare to some of your great accomplishment, like winning the treble and all these? And he basically said, you can't compare it. Like, his is incomparable. I, I didn't reach that. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm it's putting like words you, in his mouth. No, it's like you had like, one kid who sang the national anthem before the Super Bowl, and you had another kid that, like, I don't know, got a doctorate. Like, is one better than the other? I mean, yes, clearly the doctor is yes, better. Yes, yeah, it was a very bad example. But if you're a parent, you're going to be equally proud of both kids for both Not of those true. things. Not true. Doctorate all day, baby. My Who's dad's like, doctorate in what? <laughs> doctorate in <laughs> what? Where's the Super Bowl kid? Yeah. Um, have we, did we already touch upon Phil Jones on this podcast? We haven't yet. So you're just going to dodge the question, I guess. That was a pretty good Toro. Oh, I was well. I, 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 there's no answer. Like I think we just said. Like I agree with you in that they're like being undefeated for a whole season is incredible and rare as hell. Like as rare as like Leicester winning almost. And yeah, I would say up until this level of like financial doping that we find ourselves in, it was also equally as unlikely that you'd win a treble. Um, but I do think with like money in like City or Paris or I mean, any of the places, or, I mean, who knows what Newcastle will look like in a few years, but, like, who knows if they'll stay up. That's, it'd be amazing if they go down. Oh, God, that'd be so amazing. 
It would, but would they just sell them and buy another? Like, would it just be like? I think they would just hang on, and they'd still be like. If actually, it might even be the best thing for them because it would make it cheaper. They'd buy. They'd buy a bunch of twenty-year-olds. You know what I mean? Like, just play them. Yeah, and they'd be like, "All right, have fun. Everybody gets to play till we're good." It's it's honestly such a struggle to like evaluate the cruelty. It's like kind of like comparing. (laughs) It's comparing Invincibles with Treble. Is like who's worse, the Saudis or like this country in terms of like people that died because of selfish interests? I would like you I don't America, know. this country. Yeah. Mm. Like mathematically, I'm gonna guess America's killed more innocent people than Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has done it directly to journalists and flipped. I was the gonna say I feel like off. they've had some some worse examples than we've had, but we've had some pretty bad examples here and there. They win the cockiness argument, and we might win the quant argument. Yeah. Per, so, capita, per capita cruelty, that's a real toss-up, I think, between them. But, but all of that said, I think a, a, a pretty common position is just that no nation or nation-state should own a club. Ever. Yeah. I don't understand. It's like... To me, there are more obstacles for me buying like a hundred thousand dollar house in rural Florida than there are for me to buy a football team. And I think that that is silly because it's like there are not millions and millions of people who hang their happiness on my rural possessions in Florida. But for football teams, you know what I mean? Like these are these are some of the biggest social institutions in the world. This is bigger than the Kiwanis Club, the Rotary, you know, combine every social group in the world into one thing. Like that's like one football club. You know what Girl I mean? Scouts? How, how, is Girl Scouts like Watford? Like what's the... <laughs> the Girl Scouts of Watford are a great organization. They have 40 <laughs> members in Watford. Is, but are the participants. Not, yeah, and then there's 20,000 of their dads that show up every weekend to the game in Watford. It's like, that, to, yeah. Thanks for landing the metaphor. I thought you were going to take it away and be like, yes, the Girl Scouts <laughs> from Watford are nice people. Next question. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. That was not what I was doing. It, I pour well, myself see, some felt. I'm going back and forth between like shivering to death and sweating, so I have faith in you. Also, no, like I, I spent like several hours yesterday doing like arm motion exercises to try and minimize the dead arm. Mm-hmm. And today my arm is just like, oh, you didn't do enough. Whatever you did, it's not enough. Dude, I, and and this is the point where we just totally lose the hypothetical audience of this show. What audience? Skylar and I both had clavicle injuries recently and my clavicle injury was a lot less severe than his. And I'm basically like, I'm back in the gym. I'm you not are lifting full strength, but like they told me that I need to lift on machines and like, I'm like, I'm lifting, but Jeff, you got to be careful. You don't want to hurt yourself again. Uh, I know. If you, I know. Cause, like, Cause if you do, I'm writing a book called clavicular homicide about your life. Clavicular. No, I don't know. <laughs> No, you weren't in the title. You were just the subject. But um, <laughs> I thank you for bringing this up because I feel like you know who else has had a lot of injuries? <laughs> <laughs> Is it um, Jack Wilshire? It's Philip Jack Wilshire Jones. And <laughs> it's a good nickname for him. So we, so we really didn't talk about like athlete empathy. Like that wasn't like a part of our last one. We haven't yet, but I'm ready to now. You're ready to? 
I may, yeah. I may have texted you and said, hey, Jeff, think about the, the Arsenal player that gets shit on the most. I'm talking about Phil Jones. Yeah. Like that may it have been... was completely inappropriate. The podcasting relationship is corrupted. We should not talk except on the podcast. Oh, you think this is cheating to, to plan anything out? To, to plant seeds, my friend. No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. You've already cheated. Play on. Oh, cheated. I just want to give the people what they don't know that they don't want. Um, so <laughs> Phil Jones uh, signed for United a decade ago when he was 18, I think. Sounds right. He's I, he might be old. I think he's almost, he's twenty nine, going on thirty at this point. But he has been out for like whole multi year periods from injuries, and he was a player that when he was young and coming up, Sir Alex Ferguson said this guy could be like as good as any of my best center backs, and that was wow. pretty glowing praise. Yeah, and you saw the potential he had starting for Blackburn Rovers as an eighteen year old in the center of defense. Like that was he was really really good and would regularly, like, throw himself in front of a bus to, like, block a shot. Like, there's a meme out there where it's, like, Phil Jones' face, and it's all of the really weird, contorted, distorted faces that he's had during a particular moment a photographer took a picture, but it's because he's doing things that are, like, he's he's hurling himself. At one point, he fell on the ground and still headed the ball from the ground, like, back to the keeper. Really? Like, I, I, the only person I've ever seen do that is Matthew Flemini. I, I didn't know that there were other people that did it. Phil Jones, ground header. I'll, I'll show you. But, like, so he quickly became kind of a joke. The more he was out, the more he was not available because, you know, availability is one of the best abilities that a player can have, uh, especially in this day of 60-plus matches. Very true. Um, that's how you get the minutes. All right, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to send you this. I'm going to text you this link. Um, I don't think playing it is what, like, I don't know if we would get sued for, like, playing a game clip and having the audio, but I kind of don't want to risk it. Like, I don't want to get yeah. in trouble on this little we hobby. Both have we have a lot of great things going on. We don't want to. So you can, you can watch it if you want, uh, as long as you mute yourself. But, but basically, he had so many injuries that, like, he had no cartilage in his knees and he had to like dr- they had he had to get holes recently drilled in his knees to stimulate cartilage growth. That's how committed this guy has been to trying to come back. And he Part recently of his healing was getting holes drilled in his knees. Yep. Jesus Christ. And like that's just to get back onto the pitch for United. He's already made enough money that if this was like the end for him, he could retire. He could probably move into management or scouting or something because, like, he's liked. People really like him. Um, his dedication is kind of, at this point, inarguable. But he was—he did, like, the official Manchester United podcast, like, a week or so ago. And when you when you played for a club for a decade, typically the tradition is you get a testimonial, a friendly, right. where it's, like, you and all the players that you play with currently or even some names from your past that you were really close with show up. And they'll play against, like, for United, it's been, like, we play against, like, the Bayern Munich legends. And it'll be, like, some, some, yeah, some, yeah, for yeah. some player that, like, played in the 99 uh, treble-winning team. Like, and, and some club will typically agree to do it because it's, like, who cares who wins? It's just, like, sort of, it's, like, it's like appreciating even the opposition player by having Bayern Munich show up. So they asked Phil Jones, like, oh, well, like, are you going to have a testimonial? And he's, like, no, I'm not. And they said, well... Like, that's not really unusual, honestly. It used to be a way to get an extra, like, 
I don't know, all the gate receipts from the testimonial would go to the player back right. when that money would be meaningful. Back when the players needed money, yeah. So now it might go to charity. It might, I don't know, go to no one. But, but they said, well, why not, Phil? And he said, I don't think that anybody would even show up. And when I read that, and then when I saw slash heard it, Jeff, it really honestly broke my heart. Yeah. Because he and I've and I've made jokes about him over the years because it was just kinda like what you did. Um, sure. but like hearing that, hearing him after all of that, after a decade of not me, but like everyone that follows United, both friend and foe, like shitting on him. He doesn't have social media anymore because it's too he said painful for his friends and family to even have to witness. And like To witness. To witness. Because they'll they'll be oh on and, and he'll be coming up with their feed and it'll be like seventy comments that are like go kill yourself you're stealing a living you're like like a club vampire like all this shit where it's like he signed yeah. a contract that the club offered him multiple times the club never had to renew him if they didn't want to they right. they make bad choices or made bad choices right um, but that's not Phil Jones's fault if somebody gave you a raise at work. Are you going to feel bad about it? Or are you going to think, I probably deserve more than this, but I'll take it? Right. No, I I, I mean, it's funny. So because you brought this up, I was trying to like look back in Arsenal's history. And I'm sure that if we look back far enough, there will be someone that has that. I mean, I think to a certain extent, Ozil had that for a while. Where like He wasn't injured, but he just wasn't playing. And he was making a ton of money. I mean, way more money than Phil Jones. I mean, he was making a ton of money. But... Mm-hmm. I have to say, and I'm kind of, I don't know if this is like a thing to be proud of, but like Arsenal are really good to our injured players. And I think maybe it's because all our players have been injured. Like, but like Jack Wheelchair, Abu Diaby, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so, I mean, we've had like Do they not call him a boo-boo Diaby? Because that's the joke to make. That's like the Jack Wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not really sure how I missed that, and I'm pretty upset about it. Um, no, but, like, it's... It, we've had some players who are just phenomenally talented that didn't work out for that exact reason, but in a weird way, I feel like, if anything, it's the opposite. We're, like, like a Thomas Rosicki, who, like, I think to most football fans, like, they don't they don't freak out at the mention of Thomas Rosicki, but, like... He really was on his day like a fantastic football player, just like an absolute like perfect number 10. But he spent most of his career just sitting on the bench at ours. And you know, he had some amazing moments for us. But it's like we've that's so many that's most of our players over the last 10 years are incredibly talented, slightly too small, injury prone players. That's but just who, what we who do. Who do we blame? Who do we blame? And I don't just mean at Arsenal, but like Obviously, player that you're counting on gets hurt, and then you play Leicester City with a one-day fit Maguire yeah. and Lindelof, and they just get smoked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Maguire like, got smoked, didn't he? I'm mad at Harry Maguire for that. I'm mad at Harry Maguire not saying, hey, I've only been practicing for several hours. I don't think... I My slow ass is not ready to, to be running against Jamie... But you're still, even when your legs hurt, you're still allowed to pay attention to the game, aren't you? I mean, that goal that he, that Harry Maguire let in, he just wasn't looking. But that he does that when he's not plugged in and focused. Like he has bad patches when he's out of form. I know it sounds like an obvious statement, but like being in form is the only way he functions well. As you saw for England over the summer, 
And yeah. we saw for big stretches of last season for us. Yeah. Um, Veron gets hurt on international duty. It, it, it kind of connects to that other issue of just like too many I was fucking say, matches. We're coming, we're coming back around, and like the real, the real problem here is that the players aren't allowed to rest ever. The Premier League maybe has the least to apologize for in this because you play home and away every team in the league, and that's how you get thirty-eight matches. And there's really no other number that makes any sense without suddenly skewing the balance of power in your schedule versus someone else's. Yeah. It's FA cup. Go fuck yourself. Carabao cup. Did you hear what I said to FA cup? You should also go fuck yourself. Like what, what I don't understand is why don't the teams approach these more rationally? No one's saying you have like the FA cup and the Carabao cup. Nobody cares about anyway. You don't win any money anyway. So why don't, why doesn't every team just play an under 21 squad? Like this or is an U23. option. U23. Like it's almost like it should be like the reserve cup, and really good. But I would and even then sure at the end, like you, you know, in the semifinals and above, if you're a big team, you play your real team because you want to win a trophy. But but I would even what if you made the rules? You can't play in this cup unless you have appeared in less than half of your first team's matches. I would love that. I mean, I, like just something like one of those rule six trades or whatever, rule five, you know it in baseball. Homegrown right? talent. And like the opposite of that, where, or I guess it's the same. Where, you know, you're trying to get the players in. There are, Donnie, Donnie Van Der Beek can't get a fucking game. Except that uh, it was a Carabao Cup that he played and then just they immediately lost and crashed out. It was, it was really like, okay, good. <laughs> um, but like, that tournament and and maybe the the FA Cup, those should be the tournaments that he's guaranteed to get like seven or eight matches in. And the other youth players that are like just killing it in the youth yeah. team, and they have nothing else to learn there. Like that's for them. That's test driving. Yeah, um, that's AAA baseball is what it should be. Yeah, and and I and I, mm-hmm. and I and I just hope that like the need to win everything doesn't mean that you have more Phil Joneses. I don't want. Uh, <laughs> Bakayo Saka to to be injured for a third of every season for the rest of his career. I don't want that as a rival fan. I don't want that. True. I mean, I wasn't thrilled to see Virgil Van Dyke come back, but like when he was hurt, also don't want that. Like, it's very I want. I wish there was a way for us to have like such advanced medical science that we could just eliminate sort of most football yeah. contact injuries. But and that's like, that. But that's just because you're a good person. Thank you. I'm glad no one heard that last episode we didn't air because you might doubt it. You might be like, Skylar is so pragmatic. I hate him. Uh. No, but I think I, I always want because like for me, when I play FIFA, which is, you know, not that frequent. Every minute. But when I play it, um, I openly rejoice at injuries. You know what I mean? Like if we're playing and I injure your messy, like I'm openly like, oh, shit. you know, I, I'm, I'm going to celebrate that. And I think that that is the line in real life where you can tell the evil people in this sport and the not so evil is there are some people in real life who celebrate the injuries when it favors them. And I'm happy to not be one of those people. I'm happy to be an optimist. I'm happy to be. You're a human first. You're a human that loves football. Yes, I am. You're like, am I human so or am I dancer? <laughs> and I was like, I oh, let me close. I'm like, I just jumped into another song that's not helpful. Yeah. Um, so, the weird version too. You were talking about Tony Danza. I don't know. It's crazy. But so, like, how, how can we, how can we stop the 
Phil Joneses of the world, and I mean that across every club, from like having mm-hmm. to be like, and it's and we could connect this to racial abuse very easily. And let's like let's say just abuse from fans to players is you've got mm. you know Saka, Rashford, Greenwood, Sancho, maybe actually not Greenwood because he's only I don't know he, he hasn't he didn't play in the Euros like sure like those those three Saka, Rashford. Can we stop abusing people? I don't know if we can. I feel like that's the, it's all really set. They get they get paid for the abuse mostly. I think. I don't think that that's okay. I like then should What's Jeff Bezos be getting more? I'm trying that take on is not a very good take. But anyway, go on. No, I mean you're trying. I'm trying. But like, I think any instead of penalizing any club for racism, I just think it's like one strike lifetime ban. Because wow. you know how hard it is to not be racist. It's. If you think about it just a little bit, it's really easy to not send racist not things to hard. your heroes. It's really not too hard. Yeah. Even if you're a horrible person and you think them, you don't need to send that message to someone either. Like, I'm, I'm speaking to the morons right. out there. I'm speaking to but, the UNC head coach uh, of the basketball team. Like, <laughs> you don't have to send that message, Roy. John Gruden, this is for you. Gruden, more like bad and I don't know. I don't know. Bad, I don't know. That was a good. That was a good joke. Skyler is melting <laughs> into an old ice cream pop. Uh, do you follow that at all in the NFL? The uh, this email controversy. I saw an SNL sketch and didn't understand, and it was like, oh, I guess he's a piece of shit. That's what the takeaway is. That is. But it's from that Washington. Is the would, but it, it's it's interesting because it's even more. It's even worse than that in the sense that, like, so basically. There were a bunch of emails that got leaked, and um, within them, this, this, yes, no, hers we can't find. That's the it's the opposite problem. <laughs> no. um, so with Gruden, like there were these emails that got leaked, where basically his brother was the coach down at you know Jay Gruden was the coach at Washington Football Team. I am Gruden. They were they were having a cheerleader swimsuit thing, and they were really pictures. Yeah, no, no, literally, this is they didn't this even is, mention that in SNL. These are grown men, and the the issue is over pictures of cheerleaders, like internet.com, Go there; it has whatever you need. As you say, like I, the, you will literally never, ever. If you start googling cheerleader photos right now, you will never get to the end of them in your life. No, there, but, I was going to say there might not even be any anymore because porn is just past that. <laughs> like it's like John Gruden. Like, do you want to look mean, at hentai? Go for it. Yeah. No. Like look but, at whatever dark shit you want. On um, your computer, not wait. That's I don't. I'm gonna take that back. That, there is a line with that. I'm gonna say actually, don't. Yeah, there's a lot of. Hey, be careful. Computers are expensive, and you don't want to have to destroy it before the feds get it. Don't look at the Manchester United subreddit. That's what I meant. Never to say. go to four chan. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I mean. So anyway, like the, he has all these emails where people here basically they're having a topless photo shoot that when it goes out for the masses in like a calendar. It will be like a PG thirteen, or even less than PG thirteen. Like it will be a nipple free, tasteful nude sort of situation. Except if you're some dickhead with an iPhone on the side of the shoot, you can take a picture of all the cheerleaders naked. And they were passing these around. And the other people that are CC'd on this thread, it's been in the Washington Post, are Dan Snyder and all the front office at the Washington Redskins at that time, football team now, like. All of those people are on this email. And the NFL has basically said, we've looked into the email. John Gruden has to go because that was leaked. And everyone else gets to stay. And I will just say, and like, I don't 
I'm not a fan of vigilante justice. I'm not whatever, whatever. Let's but dox like, them, Jeff. Let's dox them right now. What are the addresses? Hackers, if you are the hackers that had these emails, put them back out again because clearly it didn't do the trick. Like clearly the NFL learned nothing. We are boob anonymous. We <laughs> <laughs> also like to your point. Even if those are censored, by the, like, so inappropriate, nothing to do with football. Like completely disconnected with every spirit and element of any sport in this country. But like you got to really think like think about it from the perspective of a random cheerleader where it's like this is just your job you go there and then some dickhead makes like f- porn of you ready for a hot take I don't think yeah. that we should have professional cheerleaders at all mm-hmm. they don't ever mm-hmm. do anything other than be hot women and, I, and I I'm not that, saying that they're limited yeah. to that but I'm saying that's their use in NFL and it's like they no other sport really models. has them yeah like, does baseball have them? No, because every guy that plays baseball looks like Louis C.K. Yeah. next to a cheerleader. Well, I'll say this. Do you know what other sport has a bunch of cheerleaders in it? College basketball? Cheerleading. Because cheerleading... They can have that. But here's the thing. Yeah, like, if cheerleading was actually treated like a sport where each football team had a cheerleading team that had to go and do amazing acrobatic displays and dances and all this stuff that cheerleading combines... That would be amazing, and I think the fans would actually dig it. And then, like, it would be cool to see, like, oh, you know, like we may not, we we may not be in the Super Bowl. We're in the Super Bowl of cheerleading. Like, that would actually be really interesting, and I think everyone would watch it and love it. I I, I have no problem with there being cheerleading, but when they are literally <laughs> token, it's very body parts. Like, but like that to me has no place in any sport because why isn't there uh, global football cheerleaders? Because there are 70,000 at every stadium. Yeah. You know who has cheerleaders in the Premier League? Can you name the team? I'm going to guess Spurs or else you wouldn't know. (laughs) Uh, That's a good guess. Um, Crystal Palace, actually. Crystal Palace Eagles have cheerleaders. Most American team in London besides Arsenal. They're owned by Americans. Are they? Yeah, I I remember. Crystal Palace this podcast is called What Will Skylar Google Next? It's um, like Google, but slower. It's Steve something. It's Steve, Steve Parrish. Okay. Um, and I know him because he is friends with the guys who do the, um, not Football Ramble, Men in Blazers podcast. Mm. So he's appeared on there. He seems to be like a pretty level-headed owner compared to some of them. Yeah. But yeah, like that's just gotta go. Like I just I don't I don't see a place for it because also it communic like when you have a female equivalent of the sport, which you do, which we discussed at length in the lost episodes, mm-hmm. um, you're still saying, but women, you're the bodies in our sport. Like like it's very heteronormative and it's very uh, objectifying yeah. in a way that like problems with it for sure. Man, think about this. It's like. Every episode, we try to just combine more issues into the episode. It's like the first one was like the Ronaldo issue. And now we're like, how can we fix global warming, yeah. uh, fan-owned clubs, uh, player injuries, mental <laughs> health, uh, ch- removing cheerleaders from all sports unless they want to do it in, a, in an isolated, like cheerleading is the sport. Because I feel like then there's maybe less reason to... to I don't want to say to, to, to look at cheerleaders that way, but I'm pretty sure if you're a cheerleading team professionally, you're not doing a nude calendar because that denigrates everything that you've worked for. Uh, but in this case, if your boss is the Dallas Cowboys, you're probably like, I want to keep 
doing whatever this is. I don't know what else. They I'm... were definitely CC too, by the way. Jerry Jones definitely CC. Jerry Jones has got to be on some like Epstein or Weinstein text thread too. Clearly, Jerry Jones was on a jet with Epstein and Clinton. Like that is. Does anyone doubt that? Does anyone doubt that? No. And I just found out Bill Gates got told to stop like sexting people a decade ago. My, like Tom mm-hmm. Hanks. You had better go through your history with a fine tooth comb, my friend, and you better not let us down. But that's all I gotta I, say to Tom I, Hanks. I have already seen Chet Hanks, so I know that he's let us down. And I mean, even Colin Hanks, like, never appears on our podcast, like, just too good for it. Yeah, it's like, oh. it's almost like he's interpreted the lack of invitation, as in he can't come here. <laughs> You're a fucking coward, Colin. The door's open, you rich bitch. And you uh. too, Chet. <laughs> Come in here, you bumble clot. If they do listen to this, we would love to have either of you as a guest. Um, You've seen Chet Hanks speaking in Jamaican Patois, yes? This, but I want, Jeff, I want to ask you this live instead of okay. asking this off Okay, later. okay. I know how tough it is for us to schedule pods. Very tough. Do we want to try and schedule one far enough out into the future that we can both block it off so we can have a guest join us to talk about their own club that they're a fan of, whether it be... We have friends who are Barcelona fans, or I don't know what your yes. friends are, but like, do you want but, to try and do it? Yes, but it has to wait like two weeks for me to get, because then like, as I said at the beginning of this show, the next two weeks are crazy for me, but after that it should calm down. And that's well, adulthood. I will take that as just a yes, because it doesn't need to be now. <laughs> Like, let's yeah. put it on the couch. I just think, I think it'd be nice to bring in another perspective and watch somebody try and crawl You're around our banter. I'm tired of me. You want <sighs> nothing to do with me. Jeff, I'll tell you, I'm just tired. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> All okay. right. Uh, any, any, any last points before I play that beautiful Latra music? Just play the music and then maybe I'll think of something. Luck be a lady tonight. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Luck be a lady tonight. Oh, you wanted. Uh, okay. I clicked it and nothing happened, so I just filled in the dead space. Clicked it twice. Zencaster, this is. I thought it would at least play a devil speed. Yeah. Shit today.